Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Lekker, it's my privilege this morning to share the word with you guys. And I'm going to do my utmost to keep you awake amidst the humidity. I don't know who imported Durban to Joburg, but uh, they forgot the ocean. They brought the weather, but they forgot the ocean. And that we cannot stand for. So Terry, we'll have to pray for the waves to come, Aubrey. (laughs) Oh, Father, we thank you that we can sit around your word as your children. Jesus, that in you we are brothers and sisters and co-heirs. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us, that you enable us, that you speak through us. I pray for your anointing this morning, Holy Spirit, to make sense, to be succinct and clear as we sit and we talk around your your word. I pray for you, Holy Spirit, to sift the words and let the right seeds scatter. Let it take root and produce fruit for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So I can ask you to open your Bibles in Luke 2 from verse 8. And we're going to read to verse 19. I'm hearing some pages. That's wonderful. The others just have apps, I suppose. Are you all there? Let's read God's Word together. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. That word fear is where we get the word phobia from. The other day at Theology, I was sharing about the phobias in the world. It was pages upon pages upon pages of actually documented uh, psychological fears that people have. Fears of the color purple, clowns, water, ice, fire, and then, of course, the most logical one being spiders, arachna, I'm there. (laughs) Thank you, Derek. Solidarity there. But what else this word means is reverence. It, It means reverence. You can't just read it in our context of understanding phobia. It was they were filled with great reverence. And the angel said to them, fear not. So don't be human in your phobia fear. Stand in the reverence fear of God. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto us is Christ, uh, you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, am I at the right spot? Yeah. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste 
and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the sayings that had been told to them concerning this child. So they go and they meet Mary and Joseph and they tell Mary and Joseph what the angels have said. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherd had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And isn't that such a sign of what Mary did her entire life? She would take what is told to her and hold it here and remind herself and be encouraged and be strengthened and steal herself and resolve herself about the truths of Jesus. But this morning we are not talking about Mary. We are going to be talking about the shepherds. Are you with me? Everybody awake? So I've called the message the stations of the shepherds. I stole it from Easter because, um, you know, they, they did different stops. So the one thing is they were, the first station that they were at was they were out in the field tending their sheep. Now there's some divided commentaries if you go and read about shepherds. Some of the commentaries say that the shepherds were the despised outcasts. They were somewhere between when David was a shepherd to when Jesus was born, people started casting out the shepherds. Now I, I don't personally subscribe to that. I think the shepherds were some of the, the most trusted individuals. David was a shepherd. Abram was a shepherd. And then what does Jesus say in John 10, 11? I am the good shepherd. So I'm, I'm more in the camp of where the majority lies, that shepherds were, were very trusted and, 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 and they were respected people in the community. The reality of what they had to do just meant that they weren't where the hub and where everything was happening. Because there were rural towns and there wasn't enough food and water for all the sheep, so they would go to the outlying fields to tend the sheep. Not so. Anybody here grew up on a farm? Here we go. I, I, I grew up with my grandpa and he... He would stand kilometers away. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. And he would shout, come! And all of a sudden, the sheep would come running. It, it baffled me, but they knew his call. They knew that when he called, there would be something waiting for them. Food and, and water and whatever. But they were out there. The sheep, he let them go to where the grass was green and the grace was good and the water was. He, he didn't keep them at the house. It's a good thing because he had attack dogs at the house. I don't think there would have been many sheep left because they even scared the, the grandchildren. But the sheep were out there. And this was the reality of the shepherds of the day. They would take the sheep out and make sure that they get good food, good water, and that they're out there. So now, I don't know how far these shepherds were. The Bible doesn't give us that. It doesn't tell us if they were kilometers away and had to travel a day's travel to get to Jesus, but we just know that they had to travel. Hey, So I would say they weren't in, um, just up the road. There was some distance. So one of the first stations of the, the shepherds is they were a distance away that would mean for them to gather sheep and travel at, at great effort. It wasn't easy. The second station that I found our shepherds at is they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. 
So this is now actually at the place where Mary and Joseph couldn't get accommodation, but slept where the animals were kept. Now, I don't know about you guys, but now I'm saying, why are these, these animals there? And why are the sheep, the other sheep with, with the shepherds? Maybe uh, that's just a useless point, but I was confused. But I think the picture that we have of the nativity parampapampam, where the drummer boy comes and the sheep were neighing and the cows were laying and the something was braying, all the, the sounds that they were making, quite possibly wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the sheep, the masses of the sheep. It was probably the ones that they kept that were pregnant and it would have been the sheep that they were going to milk and the sheep that they were going to stew. They also had a leg of lamb for Christmas. <coughs> So those were the ones, so I don't know if those were the healthiest animals necessarily, maybe the ones that they got the milk from, but I don't know if they would have eaten their, their prize rams and their, their prize breeders, but they were some sheep. But now imagine you had a B&B, you've just had a baby, the next minute a bunch of shepherds rock up, they knock on your door, they've got hordes of sheep with them. Because how did, what did they do? They couldn't leave the sheep there but they just knew they had to move from one place to the next. So I don't know if somebody was sitting outside of town just corralling some sheep, and then this oak ran and said, okay, hello, Mary, hello. I just want to tell you, I saw you. Okay, you go back. You go, Ahmad. Ahmad comes. He's now there. Now it's Mordecai's turn. Mordecai comes. He quickly looks at the baby in the manger and all that, because it says the shepherds left. They went to go and see what they were told about, the second station. In haste, they went with great effort and they moved to where Mary and Joseph was. Now the station that I found is, is they made known. So, so now they've, they've been out there. They've now gotten to the place. Now they go in. Now they make known to Mary and Joseph what they were told. So go with me. It's, it's not necessarily a massive change in geographical space, but it's a change. Now they're talking to Mary and Joseph. Hello, how was the birth? Mom and baby okay? Healthy weight? Yeah, look at those cheeks. But at this stage, Jesus is already swaddled. Now, the, the tradition is that the baby, the more costly and extravagant the embroidered blankets and, and cloth that was around the baby, the, the more status she had. And Jesus is just wrapped, similarly to when he dies, in white cloths, just in linen cloth. That's it. He's wrapped. But they wrapped this baby like, you know, that it looks like there's no arms and legs. This child is wrapped like it was in the womb, and there's just a, basically a face or eyes sticking out. That was the tradition. But it, it wasn't just like one fold, one fold. I can wrap a baby. Guys, I can swaddle a baby. Ask my wife. They are so tight, they just have to fall asleep. They can't even breathe. <laughs> but they would wrap around this child. It, like a Twice, three times over, this child is now cocooned. And there lies this cocoon, Jesus Christ, in a manger. No disrespect meant he was a baby. Um, just follow me. Now they are there where Jesus is in his very presence, telling Mary and Joseph, you guys are not going to believe what just happened to us. In the, in the Old Testament, there was an occasion when many angels appeared. And God opened the eyes of a servant to see the, the hordes of angels standing, ready to attack. 
But how many times do we read in the Bible, it recorded that there were hordes of angels singing glorious praise. Revelation? Where else? Hey? So I can still understand if they say, I saw an angel, and say, ach yeah, whatever. Elijah also saw an angel. Abram also saw an angel. Moses also saw this, because it was tradition that was told to them. Somebody saw an angel of the Lord. Somebody saw the Lord. What? But it was singular. Now they have a new experience. They see multitudes. And the multitudes first speak to them and then sing about Jesus for them. Can you imagine what it must have sounded like? Like our best songs cannot compare to what these shepherds must have been experiencing. That's the third station. Then the fourth station that I've found is that they go from Mary and Joseph. And the King James Version says they go glorifying and praising God for all that they've heard and seen. And told everyone that they met. And we see these four stations where the shepherds go. And I want to draw some parallels. And maybe cast a little bit of vision for us as individuals and as a church. Is that alright? Is it okay? We're understanding the shepherds. They were not the lowly people. They were the important people. Not just one angel appears to them. But a multitude of angels appear to them. And sing. I mean, guys, we hear about this, where angels join in and feathers fall. But I personally have never experienced. The closest I got is when you guys worshipped to the carols. When was it? The 8th of December. It was beautiful. But nothing compares to what these these shepherds went through. So the first thing I want to say, for you personally, when we are about our general duty... When you are doing what you are supposed to be doing, it gives platform for God to come and present you with something supernatural. They were just out there faithfully serving their community, looking after the sheep, and the next minute a supernatural appearance happens to them. They they were in a state of low effort. They were qualified. They knew how to look after sheep. They knew how to bandage the broken legs. They knew how to feed them. They knew how to put that thing in when they've eaten the wrong grass and deflate the stomach. They they knew all of these things. In your state of easy, known predictability, when your comfort levels are high, do not be surprised when God comes in with something supernatural. Are you ready in your individual capacity for the supernatural of God? Or am I the only person that found myself in a lulled state of comfort? I'm not going to go on a mission trip that challenges me. Lainey and Shantae can go and eat the dogs. Duane and Anthony can go to Zoom. I'll pray for them. Lack of low effort. Lack of comfort. Hey. I'm the only one I see. No one else raised their hands, you bunch of liars. Bunch of liars. 
The second station, or let me wrap it up with what I thought the emotions would be at that station. They were probably like at peace, content, happy, maybe some of them even bored. You know, like, ah, yeah, whatever. Second station, when they went and they hasted to go to Mary and Joseph, now there's a new challenge. The supernatural thing has appeared. All of a sudden, I must live to a new normal. I can't sit anymore. I'm being challenged by God. There's great effort required. You try and gather up sheep at night. No, no, let's go one step back. You try and gather the other shepherds at night. One or two of them is like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We saw the angels, but whatever. No, come on. We have to go and do this. Then you have to gather all the sheep. And let me tell you, Maybe it was easy for my opa, but if I had to gather the sheep, it would have been another story. Just, they, don't, they, don't, they don't just follow in line. Like, I'm number one, you're number two, you're number three. Ba, 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 ba. Now they're walking in a cute little neat line. They're still animals. You have to gather them to a place where the shepherds are, outside the town, Keep them safe in a new area. You don't know what dangers there are. There's great effort. Other than that, you haven't bathed. You haven't eaten. You haven't shaved. Okay, maybe shaving wasn't such a big thing there. It's only here in our church because when I don't shave, people criticize me. But as you can see, I did it for you all. There's effort required for them to go and make haste to go to Mary and Joseph. What happens after a supernatural occurrence with Jesus? We have renewed commitment, eh? Renewed zeal. Who would be sitting here? And if there were angels singing with us? None of us, guys. We would be flat on the floor repenting. Jesus, forgive me. Oh, please, God. And I'm not even joking. That is probably what I would sound like. Crying like a little girl. Repenting in the presence of the supernatural. But waking up and saying, God... I will go for you no matter what effort. And this is where where the individual comes. You, when you are challenged by the supernatural, you have to get into a state of, of applying effort, learning the word, filling yourself with the spirit, taking people with you, putting in the effort to go where you need to go. It's difficult. It's unpredictable. And I'm pretty sure the emotions that they felt must have been something between fear, uncertainty, and, and almost excitement. You know that excitement with, ah, I'm so scared, but I'm going to do this. Anybody over 30 jumping off a cliff? You know that feeling, I'm going to do it. But I'm so scared, but I'm going to do it. Ah, no, never mind, it's lost on you guys. The third station for us as individuals, where I think, where we found our shepherds and what we learned from them is now they go and they make known what has been told to them about this child. There is a new way. Shepherds were kind of seen but not heard, even though they were important. They weren't the people that would go and sit at the gates of the city or the town or the whatever, and everybody goes and says, sure, let's go and find out what the shepherds say about this matter. Those were the 
the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the elders of the town. Let's go and find out from them, these wise people. Oh, yeah, they are shepherds. They've got the sheep. Important. Without them, we can't live. But let's not consult them. All of a sudden, as individuals, there is a new way for us to be. We have to step out in new areas, the unknown territory, the terrain. We have to teach people about Jesus when we have never taught. We've only ever listened. We must find our commitment to this new way. We must speak in the presence of people that intimidate us. Hugely unknown. A new skill that needs to be conquered. And I suppose the emotions at play in this stage is probably something between insecurity and, and completely overwhelmed. Anybody found themselves there in Jesus at some point of their journey? I know I've been. Never, Ruben, never. It's only your Latino blood, my bro. We find ourselves overwhelmed and insecure because I'm not good enough. Yet the shepherds had no choice. They had to tell, this child is born unto us, the Christ, the Messiah. You know Christmas, Christ, the Messiah, Mass, the gathering of people that celebrate the Eucharist, the Eucharist, however you pronounce it, the the, um, the, uh, the the actual body of Christ that the Catholic Church believes. That's what they had to go and do. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he shall be called Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of His rule and His kingdom there shall be no end. All of a sudden, we have a bunch of evangelist preachers. And all they did before was look after sheep. Sometimes we are asked to do things that we think we can't do, that we feel we are not worthy of doing, but we have to do it. The third station. And then the fourth one is they returned glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen that they've been told. Now they start to settle into their new normal. Now they've been shaken out of their, their area, their comfort zone. They've gone through great effort to pursue this thing. They get there and they have to tell and do something that they're not used to doing. And by the fourth station, they are so into that we have a bunch of evangelists on our hands. You go on one mission trip, I guarantee you you're going to be an evangelist when you come back. When you've been stretched out of your comfort zone and you've been, the box have been broken away, you will come back telling people about Jesus Christ because you know there is no other way. But we are stuck in station one sometimes. Hey. The new normal starts to settle in. But with the new normal, there has been a new purpose imparted to them. Tell everybody about the, the what do they call that? Um, oh, now I can't remember. Transubstitution. 
substantiation. It's where they believe that the elements of communion actually become the blood and the body of Christ. These people have been in the presence where what is just a normal birth has be, is actually something supernatural. And what was supposed to just in human eyes just be a child is actually the Son of God born for the redemption of the world. They've been in the very presence of that. Oh, and the new purpose is birthed in them. They cannot stay quiet. There's an ease that comes when you resign yourself to the new purpose, isn't there? You know that thing that birth, burns in you, and you, you have a word that you want to share, but I can't do this. And then somebody comes to you, and, and, or somebody comes to the front, and they say, I believe God says that this morning there's freedom, and you're like, I had that same word. My goodness, I heard correct. And the next time you have a bit more courage because God encouraged you through that other person and he gives you a word and you're like, should I go and share this? And you step up and you share the word and somebody comes to you afterwards and says, that was exactly what I needed to hear. And you realize, despite the excitement, nervous fear inside of me, I have purpose in God. I hear his voice. I can speak his truth. And the third time, it happens easier. And the fourth time, you go up to a stranger and you say, I really feel God is saying, lift up your head. Because for you, the son of righteousness has risen. And there's no more downcast countenance in you. And all of a sudden, you resign yourself to the purpose of God for your life. The unknown becomes the known. <laughs> I wrote here, and it becomes predictable, but it, it, can we all just agree that in God, nothing is ever predictable? <laughs> he is sovereign. <laughs> so, so sorry for that silly comment. But the dependency on God breeds the confidence for our actions. And the more we realize we are so dependent on Him for our new purpose, the more confident we are as we walk in that. And I'm sure emotions that our shepherd boys felt at this stage must have been contentment in God, but also overwhelmingly excited to know that we have been entrusted with this purpose in God. How does this translate to us as a group of Lombronians or LRCians, as living stones in this body of Christ? For a great part of our existence and, and the, the last few years, we have found ourselves keeping watch over the flock. Have we not? And we have pretty much known the flock that's been entrusted to us. On a Sunday, you know who's going to order what. As they walk closer to the cash register, you summarize. Steve Kirkpatrick, short cappuccino, double shot, Laney Terry, Americanos. Do one, sissy tea. Give him rooibos. Because he's off coffee. But we've known the flock, haven't we? We know who sits where. Well, Trevlin sometimes switches it up, and I don't appreciate that. But anyway. But we are predictable, aren't we? Isn't that where we found ourselves? Shepherds being about 
our general duties. And as a congregation, we have done it so well. We have discharged our duties so well. We have cared and loved for people. We've been loved reaching our community here so well. I know about areas where home groups have loved their communities so well. We find ourselves there. We find ourselves at the second one where God is challenging us with the area around us changing. And he's saying, go seek them out. He builds a thousand units and brings new families into our area, our very area, here where we gather. He says he's going to build another, what, 6,000, 7,000 units in our area. He brings in a partner that partners with us to take our school from serving uh, 400, 570 is what we are zoned for. They're talking on business news and 702, the new uh, partners, Kiro, that they're going to take the school to 1,297 learners. That's, that's not just double growth, Mr. Curran, and we will be praying for you, my friend. You can be sure of that. But what percentage is that? 330% increase. Please somebody tell me. From 570 to 1,200, I don't know. Quickly do the maths. I'm ready. Shantai says I'm there. Laini says no, not so much. I'm believing for it. I'm there. But he challenges our, our normal. And we find ourselves at the second station just as much. And what do you think the next station for us as a congregation is going to be? He's going to tell us to tell the new people about Jesus Christ. For unto us a child is born, and he is the Christ, and he shall be called the Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Savior, Counselor, Mighty God. Are you challenged yet, or are you still stuck at Station 2? Station 2 has happened. And why do you think he's progressing us to Station 3? Because 2020 is bringing Station 4. <laughs> Mission trips are lining up. It is wonderful to see how excited people are for the mission trips. And they are telling me they are saving bucks towards trips to Zim, Mozambique, India. Where's our Judea? Where's our Samaria? Are we going to be just for the ends of the earth? Or are we going to be in our communities as much? Station four is coming. And there's room for you if you want to be stuck at station one and just look after the people. I'm not, I'm not saying the one replaces the other. I'm saying all of these stations are present in LRC. But some of them are much more prevalent and more, more pronounced than the other stations. Are you ready? Are you ready to classify yourself like Jesus does in John 10, 11, and say, I will point you to the good, good shepherd. I'm a shepherd, but I will, I will point you to the chief shepherd. Are you ready? Are you ready?
You know what's going to happen when we are at station four? Some of us are going to step out in purpose, and some of us are not. And the easiest thing for us to do is to become disgruntled and criticize the ones that are stepping out in their purpose. Yeah, he's impressing the elders. Oh, what is that one? That one mispronounced that word. People will never make sense of him. He speaks with such a heavy Afrikaans accent. Let me tell you, I'd rather go and say dog in station four and stay quiet about my Jesus Christ. We will be celebrating people that step into their purpose in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and 2023. We will be celebrating people from this pulpit. We will. Because in them, we are celebrating Jesus Christ building His church. The other thing that 2020 will bring is the start of some people leaving us because they're going to be planted by Christ into different areas. It's a reality. It's always so difficult when people, people that we love move, but it's inevitable. And I'm, I don't know about anybody planting before you, and I think the next thing we announce is Terry and Laney leaving and, and Brandon and May going to um, Nigeria. And <laughs> no, nothing like that. I'm just telling you. The possibility is strong. The likelihood is strong that God will send from, from the best that we have and send them into the nations because we are, we are blessed to be a blessing. That's the, that's the covenant that we are part of in Abraham. It also means that 2020 ushers in new, newness in our services and our togetherness, new home groups, but also new voices here, new preachers, new worship leaders, new prophetic voices. Are you going to put the effort in at station two? Are you going to apply yourself to theology and learning the Word of God? Are you going to come to the courses that we're going to have? Or are you going to get stuck at Station 1? Are you desiring the catalytic, cataclysmic, the catalyst thing? In this. Because they were pretty stuck at station one. Up until the point that God intervened with a supernatural thing. You know the quickest way for us to avoid the supernatural working of God is to be complacent in the state that we are. You don't want to see God work. Be comfortable where you are and avoid anything. Just sit. Come and sing the same songs. Come and, and, and have the same attitude when we come together for musical worship. Come and have the same attitude when we sit around the Word of God. Come and have the same attitude when we come together for training and teaching. Come and have the same attitude when we have communion and see how nothing happens. <laughs> but come with an expectation for God to be God. And God to be sovereign. And God to be the supernatural force that created heaven and earth. And see how he catapults us for his purposes into our futures. Are you ready? Are you ready to say, God, promote me to my purpose? 
again and again and again. And as I get comfortable in that, God, stretch me again for our king and for the kingdom. Are you ready? Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.